And back in my day, 19-year-olds didn't have their eyebrows laminated, and they didn't wear makeup, and they didn't have a sense of style. Hello, hello, hello. hello. I'm actually in a pretty good mood right now. Me too. It's as we record this, it's a Friday. Mm-hmm. Thank fucking God the week is over. Um, I'm ready to just relax. We survived. <laughs> we made it another week. Um, I was actually talking to my boss today about the pod, and uh, he brought up the fact that we never say our names. So, like, if you haven't listened from the oh. first episode, you may not know who's who. So, should we say our names, I guess? Yeah, I'm Mo. And I'm Christina. And this is Movies That Raised Us. Welcome to the show. Whoa. <laughs> we never intro. It's so funny to hear it now. Yeah. Yes, it is. We are having a bit of a recording marathon at the moment. Yes, yes. Because I am going abroad to all of our German listeners, if there are any. Yeah. Please give me recommendations for Germany. Um, people give me recommendations for Paris. Mm-hmm. Very yeah. excited. Yeah. You're a, a, a jet setter. <laughs> I'm also so afraid of flying. <laughs> You're going to do great. You've done it. You've I, done it yeah. before. You got this. Yeah. Yeah. I'm feeling better about it this time. So. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm very excited. I'm very excited to get all the, the photos and live through you vicariously while I am here in Toronto, but yeah, we, so we're recording all of our April episodes right at the at the top of the month. It's the first as we record this. One after the other, back-to-back, <laughs> yeah. 48-hour marathon recording. <laughs> Just boom, 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 because April is uh, – we don't really have a name for this theme. It's not really a theme. It's just like really highly requested movies. You know, we took a look mm-hmm. at the – like movie request form. We had a little poll on Instagram and we threw together yeah. a bunch of titles that you guys have really been wanting us to cover that have been long awaited. So, you know, last week we had Josie and the Pussycats, a classic. This week we have today's movie, a Hillary Duff classic. What's coming next? Oh my oh. God. Who knows? If you want to unofficially call it Banger April, you can. Mm-hmm. I feel like any Hillary Duff movie for me is a banger, Mm -hmm. but I did read, like, because there are a lot of negative reviews about the movie that we're covering, like, many movies that we cover, Yes, but one of the reviews is, like, (laughs) Hilary Duff, or actually, no, she was nominated for a Razzie for her Mm. performance in this movie and in Cheaper by the Dozen, and I was like, (sighs) wait, is Hilary Duff a bad actress? And then I kind of thought about it, and I was like... Shit. I mean, I don't think she's like a bad actress. Um, I do think that some of the material that she had to work with was not always like amazing, but I have really enjoyed her performances in other films, such as like the Lizzie McGuire movie. You know, I've, I felt very connected to her performance there. And I was actually watching uh, an episode of How I Met Your Father last night because we're just mm-hmm. now getting it in Canada on Disney Plus because we don't have Hulu. And uh, the episode that I watched, her character actually has a very similar backstory to the character in this movie where, like, similar type of mom, 
broke up a lot, had to move around a bunch of times, very uprooted life. Um, But I am really enjoying her performance in How I Met Your Father. I think she's very well suited for a sitcom, which is like evident by Liz McGuire. I agree with you. Yeah. I think that she's definitely well suited for a sitcom. And I, yeah, I feel like I haven't gotten to see her like go there Mm -hmm. in a film. Yeah. She definitely also, I mean, she grew up doing sitcoms too. Mm -hmm. Her voice is like very sitcom-y. Yes. Just the way that she holds her voice and her body. Mm -hmm. But maybe, you know, she could become a TK actor. She might start getting more dramatic roles. I would be really intrigued to see. I would be, I would love to see her thrive in a dramatic role. Yeah, for sure. But I guess at that point, should we talk about what, the actual movie is that we're covering today because I don't think we've said it. (laughs) Absolutely, we should. Absolutely. Yeah. Today, we're doing the 2005 classic, The Perfect Man. (laughs) (laughs) This movie, I have not seen in years, like years. Yeah. And it is bonkers. (laughs) Off its rocker. (laughs) Off its rocker. Like, I, rem- I remember the general conceit of it, but I was like, damn, this really is a catfish story at its core. <laughs> it's a catfish. Well, you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of, um, I think the movie is called True Confessions with Shia LaBeouf. It's like a decom. Oh, the decom. Yeah. If we have like a more like serious month, mm-hmm. we can cover that movie. But the movie is like pretty intense. Jesus. I'm also, I'm rewatching the show Awkward. This is such a tangent, but I'm rewatching the show Awkward right now. And there's like kind of a thing there where like the mom. Another mom catfish. And that shit is fucked up. Yeah. Wow. But anyways, this movie, <laughs> this film. Yeah. Uh, obviously, we have Hilary Duff. We have Heather Locklear. Mm-hmm. We have, I don't remember the younger sister's name. Aria Wallace, Zoe Hamilton. Yes. We have Ben Feldman, who I. <laughs> No one will be shocked to hear I was obsessed with him in this movie. Like, this is the epitome of my type. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I remember one time, I think I was like 19. I was walking down the street with some friends. I was like in the middle of telling a story. And all of a sudden, Ben Feldman like walks by me, like (gasps) holding hands with a woman. And that was like one of the only times I've been like genuinely starstruck that I literally stopped mid-sentence and was like, uh, and he like smiled as they walked by and I was like, do you guys know who that was? And they were like, no. And I was like, it was the guy from the perfect man. <laughs> That's too funny. Yeah. So I was obsessed with him and he was also in Superstore, which is a really great sitcom. Actually, if you're looking for a good like workplace sitcom, uh-huh. Superstore, it just ended like fairly recently, but it's great in that he has great comedic timing. So, mm-hmm. um, we also have Vanessa Lenji's. She's also in Stick It. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have Caroline Rhea, I want to say. Rhea, Rhea. But she was Hilda in Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Yes, yes. Lots of TV people in this movie, actually, now that I think about it. We also have Mike O'Malley. I don't mm-hmm. know if we mentioned that. Yeah, Bert Hummel from Glee. We had two Glee stars, actually, with Vanessa as well, who played Sugar Mata. Yes, Although I do know her more from Stick It mm-hmm. than from her stint on Glee. Yeah. Yeah. So we have a pretty star-studded cast here. Mm-hmm. The fact that, like, Hillary plays Heather's daughter mm-hmm. is so, like, <laughs> juicy. Like, it's so, like, oh, my gosh. Like, some, like, real idols, like, mm-hmm. that people can really recognize. And then they just, like, 
made this script and that <laughs> it was so bad. Yeah. Some of this dialogue is pretty rough. Some of this plot is pretty rough. I mean, we'll we'll dive into it I was as we like get into it. I was actively cringing this entire movie. <laughs> yeah. I do feel like kind of desensitized a little bit to how weird it is because I watched it so much growing up. But also looking at it with like fresh grown up eyes, I'm like, this is kind of fucked up. This is kind of oh, fucked yeah. up. <laughs> well, we'll get, yeah, we'll get into it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I guess before we jump into our reviews, I'll, I'll throw some numbers your way. We love, we're, we're like... Beep, beep, boop, boop on our computers over here. <laughs> exactly. We had a budget of $10 million. Pretty modest. <laughs> Pretty modest budget. <laughs> mm-hmm. And we got a box office of uh, $19.8 So, you know, turn wow. to profit. That's actually insane. Pretty decent. Good, good for them. Yeah. yeah. And also, as I'm looking at this Wikipedia page, I am seeing that it was produced by uh, Mark Platt Productions, which is Ben Platt's dad. Love that. Yeah. <laughs> Never ask an indie star why their parents' name is Blue on Wikipedia. <laughs> Don't do it. You'll just be disappointed. On that note, shall we dive into some reviews? Oh, I would love that. So our first review is from Elizabeth on Audible. Thank you so much for the review. Also, guys, if you leave us a review on another platform, feel free to let us know, um, and we'll be happy to give you a shout out. Mm-hmm. Someone DM Audible and tell them that we want a promo for our listeners. Yeah. We want some money, honey. <laughs> Hot. Money, 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 money. money, money. money. <laughs> But yeah, thank you so much for the review, Elizabeth. For you, we have picked the song Fantasy by Mariah Carey. And I do feel very inspired by this uh, spring season that is upon us. So in this montage, I think that you have put on like this really like gorgeous spring outfit, whether that's like a dress or like a pair of like flowy pants and like a top or some shorts you know whatever is weather appropriate but also makes you feel very cute and you are going to see the first cherry blossom of the season so you pack a little picnic you make like some sandwiches you have like your drink of choice and you go maybe with your friends maybe with a partner and you go just enjoy the cherry blossoms and soak in the sun and this beautiful spring weather and just have a lovely carefree day amongst nature and loved ones that's literally my weekend oh my gosh (laughs) (laughs) well i hope you enjoy it it sounds really nice (laughs) no i did that last weekend oh my gosh wow i didn't i did not know that that's so funny (laughs) i am clairvoyant so so funny (laughs) That's really cool. But yeah, I love that. The cherry blossoms are Mm. so beautiful. Yes. Yes. Highly recommend going, checking out your local cherry blossoms. Next, we have a review from Nadzi Nadzi Hin Capel. Capy? Cappy? You know who you are. Yeah, you know who you are. So for your review, you mentioned that you love Moulin Rouge. You really related to Christina's love Mm -hmm. for Moulin Rouge. And I thought I would give you a power ballad, you know, Mm because there are so many of those in the movie. Yes. So I decided on I Do Anything for Love, parentheses, but I won't do that by Meatloaf. And you can already hear it. It's been in commercials. It's been on the radio. 
And for this, I'm thinking of like a really like passionate love affair and maybe like, you know, I'm, I'm sick of like people lying to me or you're like not treating me the way I'm supposed to be. And you're like ripping up your bed sheets <gasps> in frustration and they put your, put their hand on your shoulder and they're like, that's not me. And then we see like a passionate moment between you two. We see you at a candle at dinner. Ooh. We see you. What's a romantic thing people do? You're watching the the sunset at the end of a pier. Mm. You're jet setting together, lying on the beach, holding hands. And it's like this revelation that you can be yourself with this person. And you have this passionate, inseparable bond. Wow. We got some good montages today. I'm feeling very yeah. good about these. All right, let's keep this I'm momentum going. Hyped on the montage. <laughs> Next up, we have a review from Poppy Ann from Australia, and uh, I have a very specific vision for this montage. I don't know that much about you, so I don't know how applicable this is. But you know, we're leaning into the fact that this is like a movie, so this could be happening in the movie of your life. We've picked the song. This Is My Time by Raven Simone from The Princess Diaries mm-hmm. 2. Amazing song. And in this movie, I think that you have written a book and you are getting ready for like your book release party. So you like put on this really gorgeous outfit. You know, you have like some champagne with your friends before to celebrate. You walk into this like huge party with like all the people that you love and the people who support you and your work and it's just this amazing celebration of this thing that you've created that you put so much time into it so even if you aren't a writer in life I just see this as a moment of you getting appreciation for whatever it is that you do and that you love and you're surrounded by people who support you I love that yeah and keeping the strong montages going uh the next one we have is from Becca, um, you wrote such a really lovely review. Like, yeah, thank I you. Made me just feel so valid and mm. lovely. Yeah. I don't know what <laughs> phrasing I'm using right now. I'm like talking to a therapist, but it was really beautiful. So we gave you a feel-good favorite, <sighs> a really great bop, one of my favorites. Say You'll Be There by the Spice Girls. And here's the montage, Okay. You're in your hotel room. No, wait, redacted. You're in a suite, like a really amazing suite. Um, They're like, Miss Becca, your car is here. And you go downstairs to your limo. The limo takes you to the venue. Where do you go? To the dressing room, because you're performing. (gasps) And you get ready. You have like rhinestones on your face. And you have like these amazing outfits. And... They're like, okay, places, and you get into your little, you know, thing that's about to like rise from the stage for you to perform. And oh the last thing we the see the hydraulic lift. Yes, the lift. <laughs> but yeah, the last thing we see is like when you rise onto the stage and the smoke clears, you and your fantastic outfit with like the mic in your hand. Oh my god. Not for nothing, I think we killed these montages this week. Yeah. I love all of A little- them. <sighs> yeah. You know. Pat on the back. Of course. Um, but seriously, thank you so much, everybody, for the reviews. We love reading them. They truly mean so much to us. And we appreciate having just such wonderful listeners. Thank you so much for all the love. Yes, it's so lovely to see. And if you want your own montage song, 
please just leave us a little review. You can message us. You can, um, I mean, you can email us if you want, whatever you'd like. Mm -hmm. Just tell us a little bit about yourself. It always helps us make the reviews more personalized. Um, or just leave a review and we'll figure it out. You know, vibes only. We can do it. We can make it happen. We'll, we'll pick up on the wavelengths, man. I mean, I'm clairvoyant, clearly. So, you know. <laughs> yeah, that was really crazy. <laughs> um, on that note, shall we get into The Perfect Man? Yes, let's do it. We open up The Perfect Man with an unnamed girl on Hillary Duff's bed. Uh, we never get her name. And Hilary Duff, a.k.a. Holly, comes out of her bathroom, I'm assuming. Yeah. And she's wearing this cute little dress. It's red. It's like kind of vintage looking. It mm-hmm. reminds me of the prom dress that you wore, actually. Yeah. It, it does remind me a lot of my prom dress. I wore like a bright red kind of like flared skirt, 50s style mm-hmm. prom dress. I don't know, like, what the name is for, like, the t- the type of neckline that she has, but it reminds me of, like, tulip petals. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So she's super nervous because she's never been to a school dance before, and she tells her friend that when she moves around so much, she doesn't want to get attached, let alone go to a school dance. Mm. And this girl is like, oh, my gosh, Holly, in one week, your streak is about to end. And Holly looks in the mirror. She looks hopeful. And she's like, you know what? Maybe you're right. Meanwhile, her mom, Jean, a.k.a. or played by Heather Locklear, is decorating a cake and the doorbell rings. But what does she find? Oh, her fiance cheated on her (laughs) multiple times. He's like, they didn't mean anything. They, they... And he's like, you know, now it's out of my system. Like, we're good to go. He gets a cake to the face. It's over. Yeah. A week before the wedding. Yeah, that's crazy. That's pretty brutal. I do wonder, though, I mean, given what we find out about how frequently they move, I do wonder if Jean moves, like, really fast in relationships. Like, I assume she's not been dating this guy for a few years. I feel like it's probably been, like – nine months and they're getting married like yeah i could see that like nine months or something mm -hmm, yeah after this whole cake smash dump situation holly immediately starts packing and explains to her friend that you know now that her mom is playing patsy klein it means it's time to pack they'll be gone by the end of the week she really did have those patsy klein records lined up Mm -hmm. that was crazy ready ready this also is very reminiscent of the storyline of um Britney Snow's mom in John Tucker Must Die, Jenny McCarthy's character. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't know what was going on at this time where this was the only storyline for mothers, but alas, I here we are. <laughs> so Holly asks Jean where they're going this time, and Jean says that she got a job at Dolores's Bakery in Brooklyn. It's time for a new adventure. And Holly puts away her dress for the dance, and Jean apologizes. She's like, you know... I know you were just starting to make friends. I'm really sorry. And Holly, fully crying, like tears just She's literally rimming crying. the edges. Yeah. How can you say, I'm sorry, I know you made friends here, seeing her cry and be like, you love this. You love when we move all the time. Yeah. It's so great for your development as a young teen. <laughs> yeah. So Holly's like, it's no biggie. 
There's friends everywhere as tears are falling, streaming. There's friends everywhere. <laughs> this poor girl. Uh, I know. I'll just jump right into the next scene. Hey, all you bloggers. It's me, girl on the move. Well, here's a big shocker. My mom got her heart broken again. Yep, we're starting off on another big adventure. That's my mom's word for running away. So she has a blog called Girl on the Move, and it's where she shit talks her mom viciously yeah. on the internet. <laughs> If we ever get a website, can oh we design it like this blog? Absolutely. Like the HTML website. Yeah. <laughs> We're like looking for a designer, looking for a coder, can only do HTML5. <laughs> Must look like the website was designed in 2001 and never, ever, ever updated. Wix.com. Many collages will be on the website. Not looking for Squarespace. Thank you. <laughs> so we see this like... Very brief clip of Jean getting a speeding ticket and flirting with this, like, patrol man. Yeah. And, like, it's Ms. Hamilton. Are you married? <laughs> I'm like, Lady. bro, bro, it's, it's not a good look. Okay, Jean? No. And then we go back into the narration. He should write her a ticket for reckless flirting. I will say one thing, though. For those of you who haven't done it yet put musty New York skyline on your list of things to do before you die. And we see like the sun coming up over the mm. Brooklyn sky or the New York skyline. Yes. She's driving over the bridge. So they arrive at this like comically large Brooklyn apartment. It's huge. And I truly, once again, movie finances don't make sense, but I'm like, okay, Jean has taken a job at like a bakery in Brooklyn I assume it's not a full-time position. I assume it's a part-time position. How are you affording this, like, minimum $4,000 a month apartment? Also, you have yeah. two kids. Doesn't make sense. But it's, like, really big and spacious, and it has a ton of light. There's, like, a balcony and everything. And they walk in, mm -hmm. and Holly's like, oh, my God. Like, this place is so dingy. I'm like, girl, this is New York, like, gold in terms of real estate. But, yeah, you know. Holly continues to blog like as they're unpacking, saying that she's gotten really good at the whole moving thing and that their new apartment has history and character. My mom calls it home. I call it the witness relocation program. The dude never the drops. <laughs> so that night they go on the balcony and Jean shows her daughter Zoe, who is Holly's younger sister, that the moon comes out every night, even in hard times, to remind us that every day holds the potential for beauty. And Holly signs off on her blog for the night, saying, I'll be here, same me, just a different zip code. In the morning, Holly shows up to her first day at a new school. Mm -hmm. And let me tell you, if I was like, I'm assuming she's in high school. Yeah. If I was like changing schools in like, the middle of the year to a Brooklyn high school, mm -hmm. I think I'd kill myself <laughs> because <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But I think it would be really, really hard. Oh, like yeah. I think it's, it's already such a different lifestyle. Like, like forget whatever, however any people are like mm -hmm. to take like the subway, like to rely on public transportation, to walk everywhere. Like um, a lot of people aren't used to that. Yeah. So I feel like it would just be super jarring. Or even if you like, 
grew up in a town that's like all white people and mm-hmm. you come to uh, an area that's like has people from all different countries speaking mm-hmm. different languages and like that sort of thing. It's just like super different. And I feel like a lot of people would have a hard time fitting in. Oh, yeah. And I'm pretty sure they said that they moved the last place they were living, which I assume they were living in for at least like, you know, six to nine months, maybe a year was Wichita. I can't imagine that Wichita mm-hmm. would feel like Brooklyn. <laughs> Cubs in not. any way. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? She shows up. She's wearing a cute little fit mm-hmm. for 2005. Yeah. And she does bump into a couple of people. She gets some stares, but she makes her way inside. And this girl, Amy, aka Vanessa Lunchies, calls out to her and she's like, Hey, how much your boots cost you? <laughs> and she has this little like Brooklyn accent. It's very like, so- it's very, hey, I'm walking here. Like it's the most hammed yes. up thing. Someone was like, We want you. Have you ever heard of? Tweety Bird. We kind of want you to do like a Tweety Bird thing. A Tweety Bird meets like Robert De Niro. Let's try it out. Hey, I'm walking here. Oh, you know what she sounds like? Who's the the woman from um, Unbreakable, Kimmy Schmidt? Oh. The old woman. Fuck. What's her name? Miss Bigoli from <laughs> Confessions yeah. of a Teenage Drama Queen. Yes. Yes. She sounds like Miss Bigoli. She's like super famous. I'm sorry. Her name is like escaping me, but yes, her. That's too funny. Mm -hmm. So she's like, they cost me nothing. They were free because I pulled them out of a garbage can in Portland. And Amy's like, mine were 50 bucks. And Amy's like, are you new? And Holly's like, yeah. And Amy's like, oh, I can tell because you have virgin skin. You know, no tats, no piercing. Brooklyn girls lose their skin virginity in fifth grade. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, Lord, who oh, this? What an insane thing to write and then have to say. I wonder so much about who wrote the script. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I guess maybe in 2005, like, I, I people from Brooklyn, you have to set the record straight. Is this realistic at all? Yeah. When did you lose your skin virginity, um, native Brooklynites? Please let us know if it was fifth grade. Or- yeah, please let us know. <laughs> Wild. Um, so they go inside the school and Amy's like, oh, you're going to have to take your yearbook picture with all the losers who missed it earlier on. And she's like, LOL, I don't do yearbook photos. And Amy tells her that it's mandatory, like taxes or death. And if you don't do it yourself, they'll hunt you down and make you. And Holly's like, not if I'm not here anymore. Because, you know, she's used to that uprooted, you know, life. She's girl on the move. She is girl on the move. We cut to Dolores Bakery. We get to see Jean's first day. And Dolores shows her around. They already know each other. Like, Mm -hmm. I think it's implied that she used to work here when she was younger. Yeah. And then she introduces her to a baker named Gloria, a.k.a. Caroline Rhea, a.k.a. Hilda Spellman from Sabrina the Teenage Witch. And Gloria is like, do you know anything about wilting rose petals? (laughs) And Jean's like, yeah, like, you need to add more cornstarch. And Gloria is like, oh, I like you. (laughs) You never eat the cakes because she's like very thin. Oh my gosh. So they needed an accent coach on set. And that was yeah. their fault. Yes. Yeah. 
So we go back to school where Holly sits down in class and a guy comes up to her and he's like, um, you're in my seat. She's like, I'm sorry, is there assigned seating? And I'm like, sit in my lap. Yeah, I'm like, I'll sit on your lap. I don't care. Let's sit on each other's lap. Yeah, let's. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, she suggests that maybe he sits up front and he's like, I don't like sitting up front. She's like, yeah, me neither. (laughs) And he has to go and sit up front. Poor Ben Feldman. I know. And then he opens up his notebook And Holly, you know, she's curious. She takes a little peek and he's drawing all of these comics. And I'm like, color me intrigued at the age of, you know, Mm -hmm. seven, eight when I'm watching this movie. Color me intrigued. Yeah. I was instantly drawn to him, in love with him my whole childhood. Him and like Seth Cohen. Oh, yeah. Like that was very much my type, you know? It still is. I mean, nothing has changed, but. That was so my type back then. <laughs> back then, like, like 12 minutes ago. <laughs> I actually, um, I went to Aritzia today and I talked to this girl who worked there and I was like, has anyone ever told you you look like Rachel Bilson? Mm-hmm. And she was like, who is that? And I was like, number one, I'm. She was like, is that before my time? And I was like, we're the same age. Um, you didn't watch the I OC? Like, I was like, oh, how old are you? And then she like, she actually whispered this to me. She was like, I'm a manager, so I just don't want anyone to hear. I'm 19. <laughs> I was like, what? I was that like, was like taking a bullet. My uh, God. Yeah. Pretty crazy. But I was like, yeah, she's known for being on the OC. Like, you should totally look her up. Mm -hmm. And I was like. (laughs) Dagger. Back in my day, 19-year-olds didn't have their eyebrows laminated. And they didn't wear makeup. And they didn't have a sense of style. Yep. Yep. (laughs) Jesus. I feel like I wasn't even there, and I feel embarrassed by proxy. (laughs) (laughs) She was really nice, but I was like, she's like, is that before my time? I'm like, how old do you think I am? (laughs) Just tell me. We're still young enough to date Leonardo DiCaprio for a few more months. Oh, no, a month. Jesus. (laughs) Like a month. Oh, gosh. Lord. What are we talking about? Oh, yes, this movie. (laughs) So at the bakery, Jean marvels over Gloria's engagement ring and Gloria's like, oh yeah, he was a customer and, you know, Dolores coached me through the whole thing, went to give him an extra donut, went to hold back. And Jean is like, oh, you never, you never coached me. And Dolores is like, I tried to, (laughs) but you did not want to listen. Trust me, I tried to. Like... Oh, man. I would be so pissed if I was in Dolores' shoes at that moment. Absolutely. Yeah. And Gina's like, so I've had a few bad relationships. And she's like, honey, if ex-boyfriends were dollars, you'd be loaded by now. Mm. (laughs) And Holly comes in. Dolores is still talking to her. And she's like, what you need to do. And Holly interrupts. And she's like, what you need to do is sign my enrollment form. And Gina's like, oh, yes, this is my daughter, Holly. Dolores marvels at how grown up Holly is. And 
says, you got your little speed bumps and everything. Oh, my God. That's cringe. The amount of times that I had shit like that said to me growing up, horrifying. Because, like, I developed, you know, a little later. I'm a late bloomer. And, you know, once my boobs came in, they really came in. And then every fucking woman in the world was like, oh, let me comment on this, like, young girl's body. And I was like, oh, my God, like, you're so grown up now, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, don't look at me. Don't talk to me. Don't say anything about my bra size, please. I want a bra. I'm like, why do women do oh, this? Lord. Don't do this to children. That is really crazy. You know what I think it is? I think it's like revisiting yeah. youth and like you, like, like it's like a flashback of like, I remember when I had just gotten my breasts. Mm. Like, I feel like that's yeah. the weird thing. Back when the OC was still on the air, you know, the olden yeah. days. <laughs> I feel like I had it at a reverse situation because I feel like the boobs, I, maybe they've grown a little bit, but like. When I was in middle school, mm. I remember this guy being like, oh, you should wear a bra. Like, I can see your nipples or something like that. And I was like, oh, my God, I need to wear a bra. But my mom is really – she's, like, pretty old-fashioned. I mean, she's mm. from, like, the fucking Balkans. Like, she's yeah. not like, oh, you need, like, a training bra. Like, she, mm. it, she wasn't into that stuff. So I had to be, like, the one to instigate, like, I think I need to go on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And then I got one, but I never had, like, what people would consider, like, big boobs. Mm. I guess they were just appearing before. Right. What are we talking about? Oh, this movie. The movie. <laughs> okay. So she's, like, makes this comment, and then as Holly and Jean leave the bakery, <laughs> Bert Hummel, a.k.a. Mike O'Malley, a.k.a. in this movie, Lenny, comes up to them. And he's like, oh, did it hurt? And she's like, what? what? And he's like, when you fell from heaven. Boo. And Jean laughs. And she's like, has that ever worked for you? And I'm like, Jean, walk away. Yeah. Leave the establishment. Don't encourage him. Mm -mm. And he's like, at least it got you to laugh. He introduces himself as Lenny, the bread manager, and starts listing off all the types of bread they sell and holly just rushes them out and gloria's like please tell me you didn't use the heaven line lenny 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 it's looking bleak mm -hmm. so that night holly is blogging about how you know the first day at a new school always feels like you're on a new planet when all of a sudden Jean busts in and she's like i need you to scan this photo of me for match.com and Holly's like, Mom, we just got here. Can't you just wait and try and meet a guy like the normal way this time? And Jean is like, look at my eyes. Look at my wrinkles. I'm in a race against time and every second counts. Let's go. I don't like that at all. <sighs> no, me neither. They go to school that night for Holly's new school's open house. So maybe it is the beginning of the school year or something. Yeah, maybe. And there's like an open form. The guidance counselor talks and he's like, I have an open door policy. Whenever someone has a question, please feel free to knock on my door. Jean raises her hand and he's like, mm. oh, or raise your hand like uh, miss. And she's like, miss Hamilton. <laughs> I'm Ms. single. Not married. Yeah, literally. No ring on this finger. <laughs> and she's like, 
Have you ever thought of a monthly meeting with faculty and students uh, to improve communication and bridge gaps? He's like, oh, that's, you know, a really inspired comment. Like, thank you for that. And she's like, also, no, (laughs) a monthly mixer for single parents. I, uh, you know, not that I don't want to meet married parents, but it's just that we have different concerns and priorities. And by priorities, I mean, I need to meet a good man. I am unwell. I am unwell. Yeah. Some guy stands up and goes, in that case, where do I sign up? And Phil's like, my man. (laughs) I could see Phil doing something like that. (laughs) Absolutely. But it's so embarrassing. Oh, Uh, my God. Yeah. I would be mortified, like absolutely mortified. It's already hard enough being the new kid, but then when your mom stands up in front of like a hundred people and is like, I need to meet a man. They make her look so desperate from the yeah, get-go. Yeah. It like I think that they take it a little bit too far because it they I make agree. it they make it hard to mm, they do make it kind of hard to root for her. Like Heather Locklear has a really likable, like warm quality. So yeah. she is like uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I guess like accessible. Like you can relate to her and like feel for her in these moments. But some of the shit that she does, I'm just like, mm-hmm. lady, my god, like it's like too clueless mm-hmm. for because she is a good mom overall, right? Yeah. So it's it feels too clueless some mm-hmm. of the shit that she does. Yeah, there's like a disconnect. They're they because they go to such extremes. It's really hard to marry the two of like the irresponsible parenting and then also like this deep deep. Mm-hmm love and care and intuition for parenting that she also has for her daughter. So it's like, it doesn't quite line up. It's still a little too polarizing. Mm-hmm. But anyways, Holly is similarly mortified by this whole scenario. They're back at home. She's giving her mom the cold shoulder while she's brushing her teeth. And Jean is trying to defend herself. And she's like, you know what? Every unmarried parent in that room appreciated the suggestion And Holly points out that maybe the point of the meeting wasn't for the needs of the single parents, but for the kids. And, you know, Jean tries to defend herself again, but Holly just cuts her off and is like, no, you were just thinking about yourself because that's what you always do. And then slams the door. So Holly then goes to her computer and starts blogging, saying that she can't smile and play along anymore. She's tired of constantly uprooting her life. It just isn't fun anymore. Uh, Yeah. The next day, Holly is by her locker. She's being very coy. And Adam comes over to her and he's like, you know what the entire student body is talking about? And she's like, what? and he's like, the Krispy Kreme truck that got in a wreck on 8th Avenue and he's eating a glazed donut. Uh. And I'm like, I want to lick that glaze <laughs> off your face. Literally. And it's like a donut free for all between the excitement and the sugar buzz. Everyone's forgotten everything that happened before this morning. So off the bat, very sweet man, making sure she feels comfortable. Mm-hmm. Do we have a Respectful King nomination on our hands? We'll have to find out. I think what, he How does he be. fuck it up? <laughs> He is very sweet. It's hard also, though, because we don't see him interact with anybody else. Yeah. Really? I mean, except for, like, one kind of exception later on. But he is a real sweetheart. So, Mm -hmm. I don't know. Let us know. Do you think that Adam is a respectful king? Yeah. DM us. 
But after school, Holly is walking with Amy and she tells her, you know, basically like filling her in about her mom's whole MO and says that when her mom doesn't find her dream man within two weeks of them moving to a new place, she settles for some loser and then it doesn't work out and then they have to pick up and move again. So pretty toxic cycle. Yeah. And Amy's like, oh, but I thought you didn't mind all the moving around. And Holly's like, I mean, I didn't. I don't. I just got here. So apparently she's like in Brooklyn. I don't blame you. I love Brooklyn. So they go to the River Bistro. And when they walk in, Holly's like, oh, my gosh, I can't even afford to pee in here. But Amy's like, don't worry. My uncle is the owner. (laughs) And the owner is Ben Cooper. He talks to someone on the phone about a fuck up that happened with a girl that they're dating and gives them advice. And Amy's like, he knows a lot about females. And a, 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 I mean, it's, um, what's the actual guy's name? He's from Queer Carson Cressley. Carson Cressley. Yeah. Who we all know as like an iconic A personality mm-hmm. comes over and guess what? He's playing a seemingly gay waiter mm-hmm. and just goes, he knows more about females than I know about females and walks away wink wink <laughs> sachet sachet like it's Jesus. so od it's like it's so heavy-handed yeah. yeah and ben is like in my opinion roses always work and holly scoffs she's like Ugh. does he really believe that so then ben gets off the phone and he's like yes i do believe that and she says that flowers don't work if the guy is already a loser they're not going to change anything and ben is like oh amy your friend here is pretty cynical and amy says that holly's not really that into romance so ben then offers holly a flower from like the vase next to them and she asks why and he says that a flower like this is perfect and giving a woman a dozen of them is like saying there's such a thing as perfect and holly's like (laughs) A yellow rose says all that. He's like, no, no, no. Yellow rose is for your sick grandmother in the hospital. But a red rose for a woman. However, if you really want to knock her socks off, get her an orchid. And he says that giving a woman an orchid makes her feel like she's floating on a cloud of infinite possibility. And the way that this has been burned into my brain since 2005, since I watched this movie, the idea of like, oh my God, if a man gets me an orchid... I'm going to swoon like no other. That's so funny because I I mean, I do think orchids are a beautiful flower. I think it, if someone gives you an orchid, it's very thoughtful. Mm-hmm. I actually give my grandma orchids. Like mm. that's a thing that we typically give my grandma because she's like a really big green thumb mm. and she loves orchids. Um, yeah. They are pretty high My mom gave me one once and it's dead now. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they're they're a lot to maintain for sure. What's your what, like? What's your flower of preference to be gifted? When I was younger, I was like, I want a dozen black roses, mm. <laughs> um, or like violet roses. Mm. But I guess now, what I think is really beautiful actually is like a seasonal bouquet. Mm. So whatever is in season, like yeah. just a really colorful and like you know thoughtful bouquet. Mm. Yeah. I would say in like the summer, I love sunflowers. Mm -hmm. I've always loved sunflowers. But I think like 
a go-to, always favorite of mine is tulips. I love tulips. Oh, nice. Yeah. They're beautiful. Nice. One time for Valentine's Day, this is when we were in long-distance relationship, Phil sent me a dozen red roses. Mm. And I do still to this day like remember that really vividly because mm. I was like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe that he did that. Like that's so thoughtful. Very sweet. Good job, Phil. Good job, Phil. (laughs) So what do they decide to do? Holly and Amy go to the flower shop to buy an orchid for her mother to pretend that she is her perfect man. How could it possibly go wrong? Yeah. What could the consequences possibly be? Mm -mm -mm. So they go to Holly's house um, Holly puts the orchid at her door and Amy's like, okay, I don't know about this. Like, maybe it's not a great idea. She's like, no, it's perfect. So she goes inside, <laughs> gets a glass of water and Amy busts the door. Holly's mom, I think she's doing a word puzzle. Uh, this, the crossword. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The crossword puzzle and does not notice the door or doesn't care. And Holly's like, I think someone's, you know, buzzing for you. <laughs> So Holly looks out her window. She sees Amy walking away and also sees a man stealing the flower, (laughs) taking the flower off of their doorstep. Mm -hmm. And so Holly goes down the fire escape, follows this man and gets the flower back and puts it back on her doorstep. So she rings the buzzer, climbs back up the fire escape to her room to find her mother and Zoe listening to music with headphones. So they completely miss the buzzer again. So again, she has to run down the fire escape, stop the man who once again is stealing this orchid, ring the buzzer like 50 times until she finally sees her mom coming down to get the flowers. So she rushes back up to her apartment when her mom comes in and reads a card with the orchid saying it's from a secret admirer. Oh my gosh. So Jean reads the card and it says, how many women can look like a goddess in a bakery uniform? You are a vision, a secret admirer. You went a little too intense, Holly. You could have gone with something a little bit more chill, but you went immediately to goddess. You're a an angel. <laughs> goddess, I worship you at the bakery. The flower is my cross. And I want you to spit on me. Um, <laughs> so rightfully so, Zoe is like, sounds like a crazy person. And, you know, Jean tries to figure out who it's from, how they figured out her name or where she lives. And Holly's like, oh, my God, they must have seen you at the shop and then, like, Googled you to find your address, if that makes it any less weird. They just moved there. Yeah, literally so fucking weird. Zoe suggests that maybe he followed her home. That's scary. Zoe's the only (laughs) one with any sense here. And absolutely, yeah, Holly tells Jean to just stop questioning it and enjoy it. And Jean is like, you know what? You're right. And then goes and puts the orchid <laughs> on the windowsill. So freaking true. So true, queen. <laughs> Back at school, Holly tells Amy that her uncle's a genius and her mom is so happy. Meanwhile, Jean goes into work at the bakery and looks at all the men kind of trying to scope out which one is her secret admirer. Lenny sees her and tells another baker that she's all hyped up because of him. Oh, God. Incorrect. Yeah. 
So we're back at school. Holly is leaving class when she spots some of um, Adam's drawings. Mm. She's like, is that supposed to be me? And he's Uh, like, no, what are you talking about? That's not you. Like, okay, maybe that's exactly like her. Maybe the face a little. And then he's like, but that woman's on a horse. You're not on a horse. And (laughs) I love that. He's so charming. Okay, I need to calm down. So... (laughs) So she tells him that it's pretty good, and he talks about how his dad sponsored comic conventions that he used to go to as a kid, and after his mom and dad split up, that's the only thing that they did together. But at least he learned how to draw. And she's like, okay, divorce is a career builder. Nice. And then (laughs) he's like, have you ever been to a comic convention? Because there's one coming up in six weeks. Like, I know it sounds kind of geeky, but it's really fun. And I'm like, this is my dream. This is my dream. This is all I want out of a man. And she's like, I'm not much of a planner. And then walks away. Are you into comic books? Or do you just want that to be? Yeah, I just, I really like nerdy, geeky, sweet men. Um, I think you, I think you got one. If I if I had to think about it, potentially, potentially. <laughs> so, uh, meanwhile at the bakery, Jean asks Gloria if anyone has come in asking for her. Dolores shows Jean a pamphlet for a baking competition, Ooh. specifically cake decorating, which um, Jean is really good at. And Jean is like, "Oh no, this is for real professionals. I'm basically a salesperson." And she's like, how come when it's a man you're looking at, you're blind to his flaws, but when you're looking at yourself, flaws are all you see? Jeez, at me next time. <laughs> she does have a point mm-hmm. um, because she's really critical of herself, but with guys, she's like, I'll give him a shot. Yeah. Yeah. She needs to kind of focus on herself. Mm-hmm. Then someone behind Jean presents her with a yellow rose yikes Mm. it's lenny she thinks that he must have been the one who gave her the orchid and ends up agreeing to go to a sticks concert with him she's like not enthusiastic he's Mm -hmm. like these are really hot tickets i must really like you gag another flaw in this movie is that he is not more likable yeah, well, I mean, typically I feel like what we would see is either the the rival man is either, like, he's Mr. Perfect, but it's just not right, or, like, he's a straight-up, like, sociopathic douchebag. Whereas Lenny is just kind of, like, I don't know, annoying and, like... Yeah, like, goofy. Yeah, and, like, I don't know. Uh, what's the word? Delusional? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I got it. It's delusional. Got, it's delusional. <laughs> so when Jean gets ready for her date, Holly is insisting that there's no way that Lenny is her secret admirer, and she repeats Ben's line about how yellow roses are for grandmothers. And Jean says that she likes him, and he seems to like her, so let's just give him a chance. Lenny shows up for the date immediately starts hitting on Jean in front of her daughters. He's like, oh, where'd you get that outfit? Who's a hottie.com? Gag. Gagging. He then gives Holly some money because uh, Jean told him that Saturday night is regularly movie night. So why don't you take this and go see Bambi? And the sass on this one, Holly goes, 
I'm actually not sure that Bambi is still in theaters, which is such a shame because I'm actually dying to take my seven-year-old little sister to a movie where the mom gets killed by the evil male hunter. Okay. Whoa. All right. Let's take it down a notch. (laughs) I'd be like, thank you, Lenny. Online shops. (laughs) Literally. (laughs) So Jean steps in and she's like, thank you, Lenny. That was very nice of you. And as they head out, they go down the stairs to Lenny's car. He's he's like, oh, yeah, it's a Pontiac Trans Am, two-door hardtop, got the original paint, the original exhaust. I rebuilt the tranny, tweaked the mill. I don't know what any of this fucking means, but he says all of it. And uh, he then asks Jean to take off her shoes to protect the new floor mats that he just got. So Psychotic. <laughs> yeah. While this is happening, Holly calls Amy and fills her in, and she's like, he's got to be derailed. I'm going to drop Zoe off with Dolores and ask to meet Amy at the Bistro in 20. Meanwhile, at the concert, we find out it's not actually Styx, but it's a <laughs> Styx tribute band, which Lenny is loving, mm-hmm. absolutely loving. Oh, yeah. We did read that the lead singer in the Styx tribute band in this scene was actually a former lead singer of Styx. Yeah. So there you go. So at the Bistro, Ben is just trying to do his job. <laughs> it's the middle of a dinner service. And they're like, we have some questions. Uh, it's part of school assignment. I, I need it. I need the answers now. What would the perfect man do as a follow-up to the orchid? So Lance goes, what could be more perfect than the perfect man? Oh, duh. Perfect shoes. Walks away. Only one-liners for Lance. Just come in, come out. Mm -hmm. Lance pours Ben a glass of wine and tells him to take a break, help the girls. He'll handle the floor. So they do sit down. Holly pulls out her tape recorder. She's like, yeah, I'm taking notes. Thank you. On the record. Mm -hmm. But says that it's a project for English class. So she asks what makes a perfect man, and he's like, well, every woman is different. The orchid works as a gesture, but you have to have a deeper connection than that. Uh, You have to know what makes her tick. So Holly's like, uh, say this hypothetical woman listens to Patsy Cline when she's sad. And Ben's like, I I didn't even (laughs) have to think. I already know. Ben pulls out the CD saying that it's happy music, like it will definitely cheer her up. But even if the man does cheer her up, he can't be afraid of tears. That's what he is Mm. deduced from this information. I do wonder if like Ben, because we don't really get to know that much about like his personal life. Like, do you think that he's like a fuck boy? Do you think he dates around a lot? Like, is he Mr. Monogamy? Because he knows a lot about like women and like giving yeah. advice and stuff. But I wish they yeah. would have delved into that a little more. But he gives me the feeling that he isn't a player. Mm-hmm. He's like very heartfelt, yeah. but hasn't found the right one. Mm. Yes. Or maybe he knows everything, but like can't exactly put it into practice. Mm. Yeah, it's possible. Um, But on the back of this moment, we cut to Jean and Lenny's date where Lenny is sobbing to, uh, babe, I love you. And, you know, holding his lighter, holding Jean's hand in a death grip, saying, (laughs) it's like he wrote it about us. Okay. Sure. Sure. So back at the restaurant, 
Holly, you know, is talking more about this quote unquote hypothetical woman. Like, oh, what if she likes word games like Scrabble, the crossword? And he's like, oh yeah, a little wit, a little wordplay. I like it. And then Holly is like, okay, what if she's been dumped a lot? And he's like, a lot? Man, well, in that case, the perfect man has to be a guy who could be anywhere in the world, but he chooses to be with her because life is better with her by his side. And then this woman named Amber comes up and she's like in a tizzy. She's like, oh my God, huge problem. <laughs> Love that word. Design, thank you. Designer dress, gorgeous, fits perfect, everything I want. It's a small fortune. Actually, it's a big fortune. And he's like, it's your day. Do it. <laughs> and then she kisses him on the lips, which is important to remember for later. She fully kisses this man <laughs> on the lips and then walks away. And, well, no, she's like, oh, we need to talk about the cake, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, I'm so sorry, girls. Like, I have to go. They go off to discuss wedding details. So Holly's like, wow, she's gorgeous. And Amy's like, oh, yeah, together they look like the winners of the genetic lottery. So what's going on with what's Ben and Amber? Here? A wedding? Are they getting married? Oh, my gosh. At the end of Lenny and Jean's date, Lenny drives Jean back home and walks her to her door. He tells her that he had a fantastic time and then simply grabs her face on either side oh. and kisses it. And it's so uncomfortable to yeah. watch. It's not indicated by her in any way that she would be interested in that. Mm -hmm. It's super creepy. Yeah. And he tells her she's a good kisser and he'll see her at work. So Jean gets upstairs and Holly asks about the date, um, saying his car woke up the, the whole neighborhood. I'm sure it did. It's super loud. Mm -hmm. Jean asks Holly to give him a chance, but Holly asks Jean to go slow this time because she doesn't know what else is out there. And Jean is like, what I do know is that I had a pretty good time tonight. No, you didn't, though. Like, her I, face. <laughs> that, again, is like what one of the issues I have with this movie. Mm -hmm. It's like either make him kind of likable mm -hmm. or at least likable to us. Like, yeah. you can't have like delusional mom and delusional baker like mm -hmm. there has to be someone we can kind of like hold on to i guess in this case it's holly but like if you are only following like one character yeah it's not going to make like a super enthralling movie yeah and because like we can clearly see that she didn't have a good time and she's aware of the fact that she didn't have a good time so mm -hmm. if you're gonna say that she's delusional fine then actually lean into it and be like yeah she thinks that this was great but it wasn't like, yeah, like, like make her having fun at the concert <laughs> yeah. or like, I don't know. Cause yeah. she was clearly mortified the whole time. So pick a side people, pick a side. Mm -hmm. We then go back to school the next day. Holly is in English class when she leans over to Amy saying that the perfect man needs to write her mom a letter or else her mom is going to end up walking down the aisle to Mr. Roboto. That's funny. Meanwhile, while this whole side combo is happening, we hear Adam answering the teacher's question about the Walter Scott poem that they're analyzing. 
And he's like, oh yeah, it's about how lies get complicated because when you tell a lie, then you have to tell another. And then each lie turns into another lie until you're left with a big mess of lies that you can't get out of. So freaking true. So Let's take some true. notes on that. <laughs> the girls work on the letter together and Holly mails it off. Her uh, blogger voice says that desperate times call for desperate measures. If they knew Lenny, they'd lick the stamp. <laughs> so despite the every reason that would be bad to do this, mm -hmm. she's like, we have to. It's necessary for my mom. Mm -hmm. So at lunch, at school the next day, Holly goes up to Adam in the cafeteria and asks, you know, how the comic book is going, the one that he's drawing, like, about her. And he's like, oh, yeah, she needs to figure out her next step if she's going to form a powerful alliance with the prince or go it alone. And Holly's like, oh, what's she going to choose? And he's like, oh, I think she's going to go with the prince, you know. He's a great guy. He's handsome. Very nice. He's a great jouster. <laughs> and they have this whole, like, really cute back and forth about jousting. And he's like, oh, yeah, anytime anyone wants to hang out with him, he's like, guys, I can't. I got to practice my jousting. And I'm like... <laughs> Adam, you're sweeping me off my feet right now. And uh, then he asks if she wants to sit. And she's like, you know, actually, I already made plans with someone else. And he's like, oh, but I thought you weren't a planner. And she's like, yeah. Ooh. So she sits with him at lunch. You got me. You got me. Later on that evening, Zoe asks Holly if she thinks they'll be staying there for long because her teacher entered her in the spelling bee, which is amazing. Mm -hmm. And Zoe says that the only thing is it's not coming up for a few months. Mm. So this poor girl yeah. is like, are we going to be here for a couple months? Like, I'd love to do the spelling bee. She's always spelling. Zoe's what, like eight? Really young, yeah. for sure. Jean walks in and Zoe asks if she's sick because she does not look normal. She tells them that she got a love letter mm. and Holly's like, oh my gosh, what does it say? My dearest Jean, the letters J-E-A-N used to spell out just another word for denim. But since I found you, I hear those four-letter words and all I think is another four-letter word. Love. L-O-V-E. Being near you is like standing on a triple word score. Everything matters three times as much. The sun shines three times as bright. And I am three times as happy. Wow. Wow. Except when you remember that it was written by her daughter. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. So Holly pulls out the CD that she put into the envelope and plays it. And so he gets up. She starts dancing. She pulls up Jean. Jean dances. And Holly watches her mom dancing around happily. They have a dance montage. And in this moment, I feel like Holly has accomplished what she wanted to accomplish mm -hmm. to make her mom happy, to feel hopeful. But the thing is, once you start creating that web of lies, mm -hmm. it's hard to get out of. Yeah. Um, one thing that I actually never really thought about until watching it this time was that um, I guess Holly and Zoe probably have different dads. Oh, yeah. I mean, they don't look anything alike. And mm -hmm. based on the context, I would assume yeah. probably not. Yeah, because uh, at one point later on, Jean talks about how, you know, when she found out she was pregnant with Holly and that the dad was like not interested in being a part of their lives. Oh, so yeah. I assume he didn't stick around to father another child. 
I just started saying, get my car knife. Get my car knife. No, we're going to the sea. I'm going to wear a white dress and we're going to play. Wanna thank you. I will never have a bachelorette party. I said it. I'm Allie. I'm Cassie. And I'm Emma. And we are the Lords of Delusion coming at you with a new episode every week. We got to be honest, we're egomaniacs destined for glory, but we have absolutely nothing to show for it. We're hitting you with hot takes on it all. The hot sauce. Covering topics like brain prisons, casual weaponry, weirdo babies on Instagram, and generally navigating the terrible time we're in, a.k.a. our 30s. You're going to want to hear these deranged rants, and that's a guarantee. Listen to Lords of Delusion on Apple, Spotify, or wherever the F you get your podcasts. Join us. So after this lovely little family moment, we go back to the bakery where... Lenny is trying to seduce Jean by playing air guitar on some bread. Meanwhile, Gloria is reading, you know, the love letter that Jean got, and she is in total awe of it. She's like, but, you know, why is he in hiding? Why doesn't he just, like, reveal his identity? There must be something off about him. So then back at home, we see Holly looking at the pamphlet for the baking competition, And they all sit down for dinner, and Jean is like, you know what? There must be something wrong with the secret admirer. Otherwise, why else keep himself a secret? So Holly is like, he's just trying to be romantic, and that makes you think he's not normal? And Jean is like, well, how am I supposed to know? I don't even know what he looks like. And Holly bets that he's handsome because he writes like he's handsome. And Jean points out that, you know. Great point. You know, Shakespeare was, you know, skinny and bald, so not always. And Holly asks if that really matters. And Jean says that she can't have a relationship with a man that she's never laid eyes on. So then the web continues. Aye, aye, aye. Back to the River Bistro. Holly and Amy barge into Ben's restaurant when he is clearly super busy. This poor guy. (laughs) Just trying to run his restaurant. (laughs) Lance, the man from Queer Eyes. Like. Literally, the man from Queer mm-hmm. is like, oh, you can take my picture, but you have to get my good side. Don't get this side. This side, Brad Pitt. This side, David Spade. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Ben tells them he's sorry, but like he's completely swamped. And Amy's like, hey, Uncle Ben, what's that stuff you put on your y- y- pasta? Parmesan. And he's like, cheese. <laughs> and they take a digital camera photo of him <laughs> saying cheese. Classic. So Jean gets another letter from the perfect man, a.k.a. Ben, including the picture of real-life Ben. And Holly's like, see, he's way cuter than Lenny. And Jean is like, hey, you be nice about Lenny. He's a good egg. He's just not the egg for me. And Zoe's like, well, I like this egg. I want him to be my boyfriend. You're seven. Relax. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, she's so funny. Yeah. And she's like, so when's he coming over? And Jean says, once he gets back from opening his new restaurant in China. I'm like, Holly. <laughs> what? Jean. 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 She's like, yeah, the phone lines apparently are impossible. Use your noggin. <laughs> Let's start putting two and two together here. Please. I guess this was pre, you know, the MTV show Catfish, so maybe people weren't quite as aware. Yeah, Neve really brought a, a new awareness to catfishing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
But yeah, Gene's like, you know, the phone lines are impossible, so he'll call me when he gets back. Gene. <laughs> yeah. So Amy's like, we're never going to get a stamp from China. But Holly's like, no need. Now we can have them swap email addresses. But she says, you know, we can't use the computer at my house in case my mom finds it. Amy says that her I'll actually I'll do I'll do her impression again since I know you all love it. We can't use my computer. My brother's buying Yu-Gi-Oh cards on eBay all the time. So they rope Adam in. Oh, Adam. Adam, my sweet boy is just so down bad. He can't help himself. Oh, sure. I, I guess you could use my 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 computer to catfish your mom. Sure. Anything for you, Holly. I love you. I my mean, queen. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're my superhero. You're my special friend. I would bully him. I would no. bully him. <laughs> okay i would con i would console him this afterwards <laughs> this is actually i i do feel bad about this um but everything is fine now with this person i just want to say that in preface mm. but i absolutely bullied this guy i had a huge crush on in middle school oh, no. his name was michael and i remember like being like oh like you're so like weird and quiet and like like, like, literally just talking mad shit to him. Oh and I God. think I, like, kicked him once, like, in the shin or something. I was, like, really into him. And um, he's actually the guy, I think, who was, like, I can see her, like, nipples through her oh shirt. Like, well, then maybe he deserved it. we would jab it. at each other. <laughs> we would fucking jab at it. And I do that now with Phil, actually. Mm -hmm. Like, to this day, we we call each other, you know, our our soulmates and our arch nemeses. Mm. Yeah, gotta keep it spicy. <laughs> I I'm a witty girl. What can I say? Yeah. I love a good job. Mm -hmm. And if you can't handle the heat, get out of the kitchen. <laughs> Leave. Get out of the kitchen. <laughs> exit. Exit. Please exit the kitchen. Oh my gosh. I mean, as a as a very quiet kid. I mean, yeah, I was quiet. As a child, I, you know, kept to myself, did my thing, um, which, you know, came across as shy. So, like, something being like, why are you so quiet is, like, triggering the most horrible memories of being a child <laughs> and having that said to me. It's, like, the worst thing that you can hear because it's like, I'm not quiet. I'm just listening to what other people are saying. It was rough. Yeah. It was rough being a quiet child. Um, shout out to all my fellow quiet children out there. We're doing great. <laughs> quiet children, where you at? <laughs> Any quiet kids in the club, raise your hands. <laughs> Can all the quiet kids in the club put your hands up? <laughs> you know what? We're doing great now, and we're really good listeners, so that's all that matters. <laughs> yeah, active listening. You heard of it? <laughs> um, What's it? What are we talking about? Oh, the movie. The um, movie. <laughs> so we go to Adam's house. He lets Holly, you know, into his room to use his computer and she's like, I know this sounds a little crazy, but it's making my mom happy. And he's like, oh, maybe I should try it. My mom only smiles once a month when the alimony check comes. Dark. Also, Adam is t too painfully aware. Mm -hmm. He's like, oh, the only time my mom smiles? Yeah. When the alimony check comes in, I'm like. Dark. Dark. Are you seeing any? Are you talking to me? I'm worried you about you. You have someone to talk to me. <laughs> 
Yeah, because I'm like, your home life isn't sounding great. You are alarming me. <laughs> I'm just, you know, I'm concerned. I hope that you're not totally alone because he doesn't really have any friends. He is very much a loner. Yeah. We don't see him ever speaking to anyone other than Holly and Amy, I guess. <laughs> but um, yeah, she sits down at his computer. She starts typing away. She also pulls out the recording and listens to what Ben was saying about, you know, the perfect man and starts drafting her email. And she writes, Dear Passionate Baker, I'm spending my days with very serious business people, and I know I should be listening to every word they say, but all I keep thinking is, what am I doing all the way in China? I planned this restaurant before I ever laid eyes on you, and if I had to do it over, I'd buy the building right next to yours and open there. Here's just a, a cue. Mm. They never say where in China. No. They're just like, China. <laughs> the great nation of China. Mm-hmm. Just the broad. It's like I'm in Africa opening a restaurant. Yeah. That's couldn't, a continent. <laughs> couldn't have just been like Shanghai. Yeah. Gene reads the email and calls the girls over to read what he wrote. And Holly's like, oh, my gosh, you should totally write him back. So Gene, you know, pushes them away, asks for some privacy, and we get a montage of Gene and Ben writing emails back and forth, getting to know each other and bonding over their love of food. Also, getting a little flirty, Adam and Holly are. Mm -hmm. So he gives her some drawings of her. Mm. Um, I don't know if we see it in this montage, but like she is a part of his like computer background yeah because she's at she's typing and he takes like a little photo of her and she's like oh my yeah. god stop oh my god stop it <laughs> um so ben works on wedding plans with amber and looks at the moon and Jean, while she's doing her word puzzle also looks at the moon oh my gosh could they be meant to be Ooh. so we go back to the bakery Jean walks back into like the bread room to talk to lenny and she's like, hey, there's something I need to tell you. And he was like, you don't even need to say it. I feel the same way. And she's like, no, I met someone. And she's like, and his name is Lenny. And he's rocking my world. <laughs> and I know you're scared. I do love him. You love Lenny? <laughs> no, Mike O'Malley. Oh, yes. No, I love him. He, I mean, he's very funny in this. He does a good, pretty good job, I think. Yeah. Um. But yeah, he's like, you know, I know you're scared. I'm scared too. But if the world turned upside down, you'd always be on my mind. And he starts singing. These are the best of times. And Gene finally cuts him off and is like, I met someone else. And he's like, what are you talking about? The perfect man is standing right here. And she apologizes and says that he's a great man, but... Just not the match. So she walks away and he's mm -hmm. like, these are the worst of times. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Back at Adam's. We actually really, it's, I can't even say Adam's apartment because we only see the interior of his bedroom. Yes. It's probably another room mm -hmm. in the apartment that they shoot Holly's <laughs> apartment in. Probably. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Holly's drafting an email on his desktop and her mom logs on. Um, and she's like, Adam, what should I do? And he's like, well, I am her. Adam, Stop typing. Adam. <laughs> Stop typing. You're done. 
just the worst less <laughs> literally not not figuratively literally stop typing yeah take your hands off the keyboard go have a go out get a soda pop kid i don't know what to tell you <sighs> yeah adam's like it'll make ben seem more realistic psychotic behavior mm-hmm. so what does holly do continues the cycle of um you know being unwell cruelty yeah. and yeah and she dms her mom and i am her mom yeah she i am her mom and <laughs> literally doesn't know the time in china 12 hours yeah it's a 12 hour difference <laughs> it's a 12 hour difference from the east coast yep at least google the time in china <laughs> i know it exists you mentioned it earlier in the movie commit if you're gonna be a psycho commit commit come on so she asked what her mom's doing jean's like nothing i'm thinking and jean tells quote-unquote ben that she has kids and he's like oh they're so lucky to have you as a mom and she's like oh you're the only one who would think that i've made some big mistakes whoppers actually Mm -hmm. over and over again and my kids always suffer it's not fair. And at this point, I'm just like, if you're aware mm-hmm. of all that you're putting your kids through, maybe don't do it. Yeah. I, I'm just spitballing. Yeah. So she tells him that this was never the plan. Um, what she actually wanted to do was be a famous baker, kind of like Julia Childs, but baking. And she was filling out the applications um, for culinary school when she realized she was pregnant and that just didn't fit into the life of the guy that she was with. And Ben, aka Holly, is kind of like emotional at this mm-hmm. point because I'm sure it's hard to hear that your biological father was like yeah. not interested in raising you. I'm sure it's hard to hear like your mom rehash some of the more trepidatious parts of her life. Yeah, So Holly, in this emotionally vulnerable state, decides to ask, do you wish you could have done things differently? Now, I ask you, audience, (laughs) what would have happened if Holly – or sorry, if Jean was like, yeah, totally wish I got that abortion. Like, Yeah. I I know it's a movie, but like, Mm -hmm. dang. Yeah. Don't ask questions questions that you don't don't want want the answers answers to. (laughs) Totally. Yeah. So basically, she's like, if I could do it all over again, I wouldn't change a thing because um, if I had waited to have kids, maybe my life would have been easier, but those kids wouldn't be Holly and Zoe, and I just can't imagine life without them. It would be no life at all, which is exactly what Holly needed to hear. She Mm -hmm. needed to hear that she was really valued to her mom because I think that was something she was struggling with of like... I feel almost like my mom's quest for a partner mm. is overshadowing her love for me. For sure. Like, I'm yeah. not enough for her. Like, mm. I absolutely. So. Yeah, that, like, her romantic pursuits take priority over, like, her kids' well-being, which is kind of what the case has been. I mean, she has prioritized, yeah. like, oh, if I broke up with this man, that means I need to, like, completely uproot my entire family's life. Mm-hmm. Like, you can stay in the same city and, like, date someone else. Yeah. There's not just one man in every city. No. You're really – you're hurting yourself by, you know, not trying out some different options. 
I would have to agree. I guess we'll never know. We'll never know. So that night, Holly comes home to find her mom, uh, you know, just up late. And Holly picks up that cake decorating competition pamphlet, hands it to her mom, and gives her a pen. And then she has one little blog entry, and she says, To all bloggers out there being raised by single moms, give the old lady a break. She's doing the best she can. Which, I mean, we talk about this a lot, how, like, moms get shit on all the time. Oh, yeah. That is a a good sentiment, I think. Hard agree. In the bakery, uh, Gina's minding her own business. Lenny decides to get on the loudspeaker (laughs) and talk about their coffee special for the day. You know... Ask for the the special, but make sure you put a sleeve on the coffee cup so it can't burn you and hurt you. So be sure to ask for a protective sleeve when you pick up your coffee. Maybe ask for another one to slip over your heart. Lord. (laughs) It's too much. At one point, he's literally talking about like burning flesh. It's like... It's a lot. you're, You're doing too much. So we then go back to the apartment. Amy and Holly are hanging out, and Jean is all dressed up to go to Gloria's bridal shower. And she's like, oh, yeah, we're going to this, like, really fancy place called the River Bistro. And Holly is like, (gasps) destruction, destruction. (laughs) Breaker, breaker, we have a 496 in progress. Cold, oh, cold blue, cold blue. Yeah, she's the patient's heart has stopped. (laughs) The woman was too stunned to speak. Yeah. Um, She's absolutely freaking out. And, you know, her and Amy try and come up with these excuses. They're like, oh, I hear the food is really bad and it makes everyone sick. And Jean's like, you know what? I think I'll take my chances. Bye bye. So she leaves. She goes to drop Zoe off with, like, I don't know, Dolores or something. And, or sleepover. I don't know. It doesn't matter. She leaves, and Amy and Holly decide that they're going to split up. Amy's going to go to the restaurant, and Holly is going to Ben's apartment, which makes no fucking sense. Like, wouldn't you send his own niece to the apartment and then Holly to the restaurant? That's what I was thinking. I didn't understand why Holly was like, let me go talk to your uncle. Who I've met twice. He'll love that. (laughs) That makes sense. Holly gets to Ben's apartment. Guess what he's doing? The New York Times crossword puzzle. Oh, my gosh. She's like, oh, wow. Like, your kitchen is amazing. I know someone who would kill for that kitchen. You know, Amber must love it. (laughs) And he's like, you know, Amber has her finger on everything I do, but not this kitchen. So Holly takes a seat. He's doing the crossword and pen. Just like her mom. Mm. And she's like, how do you feel about the moon? Do you think it's a little piece of magic that comes out to remind us that every day holds the potential for beauty? And he's like, did you talk to Amy about me or something? Like, has Amy told you about me? She's just new in town and she doesn't have a dad to turn to for advice. So she thought she'd ask him. And she starts rambling about like getting piercings and tattoos and peer pressure and like <laughs> just nonsense. Yeah. The phone rings. It's Lance. He's like, listen, the pilot light is out. The stove isn't working. Ben's like, I have to go down there. This is an emergency. And Tolly's like, uh, can I come with you? And he's like, sure, I guess. 
And she's like, but I really have to use the bathroom. And he's like, then go. (laughs) How old are you? Yeah. At Bistro, Gloria's bridal shower is in full swing. And Holly calls Amy from from Ben's bathroom and, you know, fills her in, says that she needs to create a distraction. So Amy decides the perfect distraction would be inviting all of the construction workers from across the street into the restaurant with a sign saying free beer for Jets fans. And she's like, free beer, come get your free beer. Come get your free beer. <laughs> she, you know what else? she kind of reminds me of the uh, voice for the mom in Bob's Burgers. I've never seen it. You've never seen Bob's Burgers? That's not true. I saw 45 seconds of the first episode and I immediately turned it off. That's interesting. I thought you would have liked Bob's Burgers because it kind of has like Mm. similar humor to The Office, but I guess it's like more dark in some points. It's like more Pete. Maybe. I don't know. I'm I don't know. When it comes to adult I haven't really seen it regularly. Yeah. When it comes to adult cartoons, I'm a Bojack Mm -hmm. girl. That's my preferred style. Worried about you. (laughs) You should be. (laughs) (laughs) But anyways, uh yeah. So Amy invites all of these construction workers in. They storm the restaurant. Lance, he's in heaven. He's loving it. They, like, ask for free beer, and he's like, I'm not going to give you free beer. And he was like, I'll give you free beer, though. You look absolutely parched. And just starts, you know, pouring the pine. <laughs> and, like, dabs his forehead. I loved this, like, yeah. little clip. He dabs the construction worker's forehead. It's like, oh, you look absolutely parched. I'll give you free beer. <laughs> it's just really funny. Yeah. Meanwhile, Jean tries to flag down a waiter for another mimosa when Ben walks in with Holly. So Holly immediately runs up to her mom to distract her. She's like, oh, my God, I just missed you so much. I had to come join the party. Ben goes up to Lance. They're, you know, trying to figure out what's going on with the construction workers because obviously he found Mm -hmm. this sign that Amy left outside saying free beer for Jets fans. And he's like, was this your idea? And he's like, no, I didn't do that. Why didn't I do that? But no, it wasn't my idea. (laughs) It's like something I would do, though. And, you know, all the workers start cheering for their free beer of course, this is a very loud disruption, so Jean starts looking over at the chanting. So Holly decides to distract her by flinging a thong onto her mother's head. You know, one of Gloria's nice. presents. Classic. Yeah. I, I would love if my daughter ruined my friend's <laughs> baby shower, or bridal shower. Yeah, would love it. So Ben is like, all right, gentlemen, we aren't a sports bar. I'll give you all one free beer on the house, but that's it. And then... <laughs> One of the construction workers looks at Lance and he's like, you're a Jets fan, right? And Lance goes, oh my god, hello, I live for West Side Story. (laughs) It's so good. Very funny, very funny. Yeah, I did. I did laugh out loud at the West Side Story. I was like, that that was good. I live for West Side Story. (laughs) I love the theater. Yeah. It's my turn. Bistro part two. Ben finally goes over to look at the stove and Jean takes everyone's orders so she can go get a waiter and get their drinks. Amy knocks over a whole bunch of like metal (laughs) spoons and like serving utensils. And um, Ben is like, what'd you do that for? And like has to duck down before Jean sees him. Holly insists that her mom sits down, enjoy her lunch, and she'll get the waiter. So Ben takes a phone call in the back. 
the girls meet up. They're like, this isn't working. Holly's like, don't worry. I figured out a plan. Oh, my God. (laughs) The audacity. The audacity of Holly. Mm -hmm. She gets a matchbook, goes right down to the basement, sets off the sprinkler system through this entire ass building. Yeah. And everyone has to evacuate because they're being, like, flooded. (laughs) It's just causing thousands of dollars worth of damage. I hope Ben has a good insurance policy. He should have been insured by Richard Gilmore. (laughs) Yeah. But not only, you know, damage to the restaurant, but also you have to comp everybody's meal that was there. And, like, probably, I don't know, if they had any damage to any of their things, probably that, too. So... Better be checking that policy, Ben. It's not looking great. So after this whole debacle, Amy and Holly have like taken showers and everything. And Amy's like, you know what? We did such an amazing job in there. Like the CIA should hire us. Nobody saw anything. Holly isn't even like listening to her. She's so distracted by what she learned about Ben today. And she's like, your uncle does crossword puzzles in pen. His kitchen is perfect. And even though he didn't say it out loud, I know he thinks the moon is more than just a rock. There is such a thing as the perfect man for my mom. And it's Ben. But thanks to my whole plan, they can never meet. Don't you hate it when you try to fake set your mom up with someone and they turn out to be the perfect man and you can't let them meet because you've already Mm. fucked everything up because you're a child? You're a child in grown people's business. I fucking hate it when that happens. It's so annoying. Yeah. Yeah. The next day in art class, Holly comes up to Adam and she's like, I need a huge favor. I need you to break up with my mom for me. Because she says that if she tells her mom the truth about the situation, like she'll never forgive her. Yeah. Adam is pretty reluctant, but again, he is down bad. So he does agree. Mm-hmm. At seven o'clock, he calls Holly's house. Um, he's having some cold feet. He's like, I really don't think I can do this. But she's like, oh, what's that? You're looking for Jean? Mom, phone for you. Holly. So, you know, he's like, hi, uh, th- this is Ben. Are, are you Jean? And she's like, Ben? Like my Ben? He's like, I don't know. How many Bens do you know? So they establish that it is her Ben. (laughs) She goes out onto the balcony to, you know, take the call. And she starts asking him about China, you know, how it's going. Meanwhile, Holly is listening in on the other line, of course. Basically, Adam tries to, you know, begin the process of the breakup when Jean is like, oh, it's so good to hear your voice. And he realizes that she's crying. Holy moly. And he's like, are you crying? And she's like, yes, but it's only because you make me happy. And she's like, you know, my whole life, everything's been so messed up. But ever since getting to know you, everything has felt. And Adam, meanwhile, on the other end of the line, is looking at the photo of Holly on his computer. And he's like, clearer obviously talking about her and he's like yeah it's like all the bad stuff that you went through all the things that went wrong and the people that let you down suddenly you feel grateful because they're what got you here to this i guess that's you know what it's like when you really like someone and gene is like so you like me and he's like yeah i do i mean i might even holly disconnects that phone line (laughs) 
she freaking unplugs that shit ASAP. Mm-hmm. Yeah, gets there just in time as Adam says, love you. The line goes dead. Mm-hmm. Adam, my guy, you're letting me down. <laughs> like, I hear what you're going through, mm-hmm. but like, maybe this isn't the right forum yeah. for that. Yeah. Like, let's stay on task here. F- refocus. <laughs> yeah. Close the image of Holly you have on your desktop and let's dial into the present. So obviously Holly confronts him at school and she's like, what the fuck happened? Where was your freaking head at, man? Did she get a lobotomy? <laughs> yeah, you get a lobotomy? She does say that yeah. pretty cray. And Adam is like, I was distracted by you. Kisses her. Oh my God. Holly is stunned. The cojones on this boy. Yeah. He really goes for it. She's like, distracted by what? Kisses her. And he's like, you. I was distracted by you. And I was like, you. (laughs) You're like, (laughs) I'm sweating. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Going feral on the other end of the line. But that's neither here nor there. (laughs) So that night at home. Holly begins to, you know, fess up to her mom about what she did when she is stopped because they hear music outside. What's going on outside? It's Lenny with a boombox singing Lady to Jean. Okay. Very dramatic. So he, you know, is serenading her. People on the street are gathering around. They're staring. He climbs up the fire escape. He shimmies across the window, almost falls to his death, makes it to the balcony, and proposes. That he does. So Jean comes into Holly's room. Holly's like, please tell me you said no. Please tell me you said no. And Jean's like, I said I would think about it. Holly can't believe it. Mm. She tells her mom that Ben is her soulmate, and her mom is like, I don't even really know who Ben is. And Holly's like, oh my God, are you so desperate? <sighs> what? Yikes. So Jean is like, it's so easy for you to judge, but you haven't had to go through life alone with kids and no one to turn to for help. And she says that she's been alone a long time and she loves them, but they'll be grown. And Lenny is a sweet guy. Maybe he's different from the others. And once again, I just want to remind the listeners, she went on one date with Lenny. Just one. A tribute band sticks concert. You barely, you know way less about him than you do about Ben. And also, clearly he doesn't handle, like, rejection well. Mm -mm. He seems like he's a little bit delusional. Like, Oh, yeah. There are some red flags here. He doesn't really give a shit about your kids. Like... You know, there's some things to consider. So once Jean has left the room, Holly gets an idea. So she closes her bedroom door and tells Zoe to not unlock it until she gets back. She grabs the phone and a scarf, goes out into the fire escape, puts on the worst fake voice I've ever heard, calls her mom, and she's like, Hello, this is uh, Ben's assistant. He would like to meet you. He's coming home from China. Uh, Meet him tomorrow afternoon under the Brooklyn Bridge. Oh, perfect. Perfect. So that night, Holly prints out all of the conversations between Ben and Jean. Adam IMs her and says that he's been trying to reach her. She doesn't answer. 
And the next day, Holly decides to go to the River Bistro to find Ben. But Lance is like, oh, he's already gone to the Almighty Wedding and starts to bring up Amber. And it's just like Ben didn't really want to do it, but she's so hard to say no to. Holly rushes to the venue. Finally, she arrives as, like, we get a clip of um, Amber walking down the aisle arm in arm with her father. The ceremony has simply begun. Holly bursts in as the priest is like, speak now or forever hold your peace. And she's like, he can't marry her. He's got to marry my mom. You might not even know it yet, but you will once you read these. It's pages and pages of proof that you guys are soulmates. And right now she's waiting to meet you under the Brooklyn Bridge. And when you do, you'll know that you guys are perfect for each other. You guys both do the crosswords and pen and know what a kitchen should feel like and what the moon really is. And without even meeting her, you picked out her favorite song and it's made her happier than she's ever been. And Holly looks at what she is standing in front of. Oh, yeah. Ben is not the groom. Mm-mm. He is not getting married today. Yeah. Amber punches her actual groom <laughs> and Holly's like, I'm actually looking for the Silverman wedding. So sorry. Christ. This girl. What? Holly. So she runs out of the venue after the damage she has just caused. Ben chases after her and is like, Holly, what were you thinking? Amber is my friend. I'm catering her wedding. She's like, whoopsies. But... Just read these and hands him the emails and says that there's somebody that he needs to meet. Maybe give a little more information. Just a little bit more. Yeah. So we then go to the Brooklyn Bridge. Jean, all dressed up. She's wearing this cute little dress, a little shawl, ready to meet Ben when Holly walks up. And she's like, I didn't want you to think you had been stood up. Ben isn't coming. And reveals that she has been, you know, the one behind Ben this whole time. And she's like, but it wasn't all made up. There is a man. And most of what I wrote came from him. Jean is extremely shocked and hurt, of course, and is like, oh, so there's a man out there laughing at me, too. And Holly says that he doesn't know about this whole thing. And Jean just goes, how could you be so cruel? Which, like, this is a really cruel thing to do to somebody. Like, I know that it wasn't her intention, but my God. I think if I found out the situation, I would like puke i'd be like stunned Mm -hmm. yeah like at this point it's almost better to just like let gene think that he stood her up and like move yeah you know but my gosh absolutely heartbreaking so holly says that she wasn't trying to be cruel she just wanted to make her happy and gene is like well you have a lot to learn about happiness then and then they kind of get into this whole fight where, you know, about like how they moved around a lot. And Jean is like, well, you never seem to mind. Let us not pretend that your daughter wasn't crying at the beginning of this movie when you told her about mm-hmm. the move. Come on. Like the delusion is simply too much. And Holly is like, I did mind. You just never listened to any of it. And I want a mom who sees in herself what Zoe and I see every day, that she's talented and pretty and funny and doesn't need a man to be those things. So maybe the perfect man wasn't real, but the perfect you is. Very tense. 
back at school, Holly goes up to Adam and apologizes for not calling him back. And he hands her a drawing that he made. It's her and they're – it's like the superhero form, I guess. And mm-hmm. she has like all these arms and she's saying, stand back. And he says, Princess Holly doesn't need an army to protect her. She doesn't let anyone get close enough to hurt her in the first place. So Holly starts crying and gives it back before she runs off. He's like, wait, no. And I'm like, Holly, go back. Go back. There's more. So Holly goes home. She tells Jean that she wants to move. She's like, you know what? We've moved for you more times than I can count. But this time, I want to move for me. I'm done with this place. I'm over it. Let's get out. So then we have a montage to uh, a classic 2000s song, Collide. (laughs) I finally found you and I collide. (laughs) Makes me think of like the hills and all those shows at the time. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, Holly packs up her room. We see Adam go to Holly's apartment to see her, but Jean says that she's out getting packing boxes because they're moving to Arizona. He's shocked to hear this, obviously, and he gives Jean an envelope to pass on to Holly and tells her that Holly only saw one side of the drawing. Jean sees the drawing in Holly's trash can and takes it out out of the envelope, which I don't think she bothered to do at all. No. She sees the other side of the drawing, which is Adam and Holly, and they're like face to face, and he's like, I'll always be here for you. <laughs> I would. I'm crying, peeking, screaming, crying, up. throwing yeah. up. Oh my God. So Adam gets an IM message that night from Holly. She apologizes for not saying goodbye, and he says he misses her. And asked why she, you know, bugged out on him. And she says that she's scared. It's her mother. Mm-hmm. It is Jean messaging Adam. Catfishing what? runs in the family, apparently. The, you know those uh, memes? It's like the cycle. And it's like, mm. I catfish my mom. She finds out. She gets mad at me. My mom catfishes me. I catfish my mom. <laughs> yeah. She finds Literally. Um, so... Yeah, he's like, newsflash, everyone's scared, but that's no reason to run away. And Jean, a.k.a. Holly, you know, you get the picture, Mm -hmm. tells him, you know, that's what my mom does. He asks if she wants to end up like her, some role model. And this woman is gone through so much already. She is devastated. Jean is, yeah, super taken aback. And Adam says... I heard once that love is friendship on fire, and that's how I feel about you. And asks her if she really has to go. My man is a poet. And I didn't even know it. (laughs) And then we have just a quick, a quick little shot of Ben in his apartment. He's looking at some mail, and he finally reads the emails between quote unquote him and Jean. Oh. Then Back at the apartment, Holly gets home from school and Zoe rushes up and she's like, Holly, Holly, I'm going to be in the spelling bee. Excusez-moi. Excuse me? We see Jean unpacking boxes and Holly's like, Mm. what is going on? I thought we all agreed that it was time for a new adventure. 
And Jean is like, yep, staying is going to be our new adventure. Holly's like, what? Super pissed off. She's like, why can't we do anything that I want to do? Storms to her room, jumps on her bed and starts crying. Jean goes in and Holly is just so upset. She's like, I'm sick of these people. I want new ones. And Jean says that new people are only new for a day and that, you know, moving is great for avoiding things, but then you end up avoiding yourself and the people that you love. You end up avoiding life. And she says that she wants to set a new example for them and let people get to know them. She says that she might not be that good at it off the bat, but she's going to try because she wants Holly and Zoe to be better at it than she is. So Jean then puts the drawing from Adam on Holly's bed and says that he's a sweet boy. She thinks it would be worth it and to turn the picture over because everything always has two sides. So Holly finally looks at the other side of the drawing and she is very pleasantly surprised to see this gorgeous piece of art he's made for her. So sweet. We get another amazing montage. Jean gives Lenny the ring back. Zoe competes in the spelling bee. Lance goes to a Jets game with his new construction worker <laughs> friends, has a glass of wine. Yeah. And Jean competes in the banking competition. I keep saying banking. <laughs> Jean competes in the baking competition and wins first place. Oh, my God. So exciting. Jean opens up her own bakery and Holly shows Ben. Um, she like points to her mom through the window. Ben goes into the shop and he's like, I heard that you can get the best fudge brownies in the world here. Oh, a wink, wink. What? <laughs> a la the emails. So Jean's like, oh, I can take this customer. They finally meet. She offers him the brownies on the house and he's like, no, no, I have to repay you somehow. What about dinner? And she's like, thank you, but I have to turn you down. Like, for the first time in my life, I'm not dating. And he's like, oh, you know, maybe I should do the same. And he takes the brownies. He heads out and just at the very last moment, he's like, pick you up Saturday at 7. She's like, perfect. Oh, wow. So Gina and Ben, IRL. So we get our final scene of the movie. Holly is blogging once again and says that staying turned out to be the greatest adventure of all. She's done crazy things like paint her room and hang pictures with a nail and everything. Oh my gosh. No Whoa. more command strips for this lady. Adam then shows up to pick up Holly to go to the dance. Uh, she finally gets to wear her red dress. He is completely in awe of her. She looks beautiful. Mm -hmm. He's like, I'm so sorry I was late, but there was this Krispy Kreme truck that overturned on 8th Avenue and pulls out a Krispy Kreme box. And what's inside of it? Her corsage. And I literally never caught it until this watch around, but the corsage is an orchid. Love that. Yeah. He's learning. So he shakily helps her put it on and she's like, relax. Is this like your first dance or something? And they have a little <sighs> laugh. And she says- He's so cute. He's so, He's cute. so cute. It's stupid. It's so annoying. <laughs> and so she has her final blog moment of the movie. 
And she says, can you believe it? The teenage gypsy has finally settled down. Now I don't just have a homepage. I have a home. And And that's that's the perfect perfect man. (laughs) What a whirlwind. It's a crazy film. It's a crazy, crazy film. Some might call it unhinged. I mean, like we've said quite a bit throughout, but I feel like the main issue with this movie is it deals way too much in extremes. Yeah. So we don't really get a whole, especially especially with Jean's character. I cannot get a firm grasp on her because there are just so many contradictions. Mm-hmm. Not that she can't be like, you know, multifaceted, of course, and like, you know, develop. She doesn't have to be two-dimensional, but... But the way that they make her so like, yeah. I need a man, I need a man, I need a man, with the juxtaposition of like, I'm a really talented baker and I have kids I really c- care about and love. It's like mm. you can't – There, I, I almost want to say like the way that they make her multifaceted like isn't. Yeah. Like she's not dynamic. No, no. And like Heather Locklear like brings a lot of warmth and life to her and I wish they would have mm-hmm. given her a little something more to work with because when we have those kind of internal moments like when – She's IMing with Adam and he says that thing, you know, like, oh, you want to like your mom, some role model. Like that moment is really crushing. And it's because, you know, Heather delivers it really well. Like it's all across her face. So I wish that they would have given her some more depth to work with and more moments like that. I think it could have shown a lot better. But yeah, something about it, it just it just kind of fell flat for me in that way. And also I feel like we didn't really get much of a sense of like Holly's personality beyond just like she's really guarded because she, she has doesn't to doesn't want to move anymore. Yeah. yeah. So I'm like, we don't know anything about any of her hobbies or what she's interested in. Mm-hmm. We didn't get to see like a lot of her even just like having fun really. So yeah, I was just missing. I was missing a lot of depth that not that this movie has to necessarily take itself super seriously, but I think that that depth would have, you know, added a layer that would have made this insane premise maybe a little bit easier to grasp onto. I totally agree. Yeah, it was just I and get don't get me wrong, it was a fun like mm. watch, but it's like those moments that were so like what? Mm-hmm. It, that was like really frustrating to watch and took me out of the movie. Yeah. And I will say one thing I really liked was that I thought Ben was getting married and it turns out he wasn't Mm. so like that was pretty interesting to see Mm, yeah Um, yeah. there's just it was like not a well thought out film will i watch it again though absolutely i will yeah 100 percent. yeah it was definitely like a favorite of mine growing up because i like loved hillary duff i loved i still do i love hillary duff um so like any movie that she did i watched a million times but i feel like this kind of lives in a similar vein actually for me that raise your voice does in the sense that like I loved it so much as a kid and now that I'm grown up I can see just so many of like the holes in terms of just like you know storytelling stuff that is like sad it's like a shame to have that kind of like cloth pulled out from you know over my eyes but when I watch it I do remember like how I felt watching it as a kid like especially how yeah in love I was with Adam and how I thought that Holly was so cool and I loved all of her clothes and I was like wow she just like gets like live in Brooklyn like that's so cool so mm-hmm. it did take me back in some ways which I enjoyed yeah I mean I'm a big Hillary Duff fan 
the movie was entertaining, mm-hmm. but there were like a lot of like holes and loose ends for me. Yeah. And for that reason, <laughs> I would give you a zero, but that's not possible. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, I think I'm going to have to give it a five. Yeah. I'm going to give it a 5.5, an extra 0.5 for nostalgia mm-hmm. and for, for my boy, Ben Feldman. Um, yeah. 5.5 is where it sits for me. There you go, yeah. folks. But, you know, let us know what you think. Let us know what you think on the rewatch. It's pretty wild to see it as an adult. It is. I feel too jaded. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't have anything else. It is what it is. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Um, and now we wrap up the podcast. <laughs> and now we wrap but really it up. We do. Uh, thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Yes. And if you liked this episode, you can give us a rating. We'll give you a shout out. We'll pick out your movie montage. Yes. And you can follow us on social media. You can follow us on our Instagram. It's Movies That Raised Us. Or on Twitter at MTRU underscore pod. Yes, you can also follow us on TikTok at Movies That Raised Us Pod, and you can send us a good old fashioned email at Movies That Raised Us at gmail.com. I'm Mo. And I'm Christina, and our theme song is by Garrett Schmidt. Bye. Bye.